0: Welcome to Biblical Brainstorm, the Seth and Chandler podcast, streaming to you out of Jacksonville, Florida, and Dallas, Texas. I'm your co-host, Seth. This is my co-host, Chandler. What's up, Chandler?
1: Nothing much. How's it going, guys?
0: <clears throat> Thank you guys for joining us today. Uh, if you haven't already, uh, like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, subscribe on YouTube. You can find us on Spotify podcasts. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, and uh, you know, come listen with us live. And if you can't. Uh, get with us live. You can listen on Spotify and iTunes, so come hang out with us. But are you Absolutely. doing good, Chandler?
1: Oh yeah, I'm doing good. Can you hear me better now? Yes, sir. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, so uh, last week was awesome. We had uh, we had a special guest on, Inspiring Philosophy, Michael Jones. That was super fun. Very uh, fun. Talking about the moral argument for God's existence. Uh, it was a hey, good one. Another? Yeah, yeah, it was a lot of fun having him on and everything. Um, we uh, today we're going to talk about the problem of evil, or as you know, this episode is called the argument from evil. Um, this is actually a chapter in the book that we're going through in natural theology. Uh, we won't go too deep in the specifics because you know, that book is you know, it's pretty technical, It's <laughs> as it's very academic. Yeah, <laughs> so it's, I mean,
0: there's a lot of just the way the sentence structure is the words used, use like the length of the sentences and everything like it's a it's a mental workout that's for sure so <laughs> we try to uh you know make it more um
1: yeah we're gonna break it down ask for you guys maybe. so we're gonna do a, a kind of uh you know a lay level uh layperson level of tackling this this issue of okay if god exists then why is there evil and suffering mm-hmm. in the world um it's quick,
0: definitely a long-standing question
1: yes Yes, and it's one that is still, you know, it's still being answered, so we don't have all the answers, but we're going to tackle it the best that we can here. Mm -hmm. Um, Also, big announcement, well, not a big announcement, just announcement in general. Uh, (laughs) Next week, we are not having Biblical Brainstorm. Next week, Uh, I will be in Peru. So that's just so you all know. It's a Um, big trip. Yeah, and so (laughs) maybe I will, you know, make a video or something while I'm in Machu Picchu or something. Say, hey, you know. uh, know, I was here in Machu Picchu, huh? Yeah, so uh, maybe uh, you know, kind of like you did at Disney when you were there, you made that little devotional thing for you know those on Facebook. But you know, even though we don't have a regular episode next week, maybe I can Mm -hmm. you know still do something and and uh, make a video. But the following week will definitely be a will definitely be a uh, you know Mm -hmm. regular schedule after that. Uh, Mm -hmm. But coming up though, at some point in mid to late August, we will be switching the night from Tuesday night to Sunday night. And I know maybe some of you that's worse <laughs> or some of you that's <laughs> better. Um, but it's better for us. And I think it's also better, you know, for other people not having it on a on a work night or a school night or anything mm-hmm. just, you know, in the middle of the week when you got all, all the craziness going on. So it's like you already go to church on Sunday and then that night you can you know you can unwind uh, to some theology yeah unwind get a little extra you know hour of theology yeah. in, your, in your day so uh, but
0: i know both of our schedules are going to be changing so tuesday nights are going to be you know unavailable so that's why we're going to change it uh we're going like you said we're going to do sunday nights and if that turns out to be catastrophic we'll change it <laughs> but i think sunday night should be good but i'll be going back yeah. to school uh, in just a couple weeks uh so that'll be you know my schedule change, and then you've got some different things going on with class. Yeah, I got a class work, on Tuesday so. night
1: and fall, so but I, so I, I hopefully think, Sunday night works. I think Sunday night will be great. Uh, yeah. I'm excited. And, it's a weekend yeah, for me, a, like with class.
0: Yeah. Weekend for you, so you know it'll be easier for us mm-hmm. to
1: you know put so more effort people into. People are already in that kind of like church mode on Sundays. You know mm-hmm. they, you know that theology that the, right. the, you know their palettes are already uh, yeah ready for. <laughs> Or more, uh, right? More godly stuff since they went to church that morning, supposedly.
0: Um, <laughs> hopefully. <laughs> hopefully,
1: but yeah. All right. So, well.
0: with the uh, Machu Picchu, by the way, are you doing like a like a tour with a group, or are you just going kind of to visit? Uh, them a tour,
1: yeah. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine if I just went alone. I'm just yeah. just yeah. going, <laughs> just exploring <laughs> the ruins. So, so do like, they have like, like who's that gringo? <laughs>
0: <laughs> so is it like a um like a hike type thing where you got to like trek through for a couple miles on land or do they bus you there or how's that work?
1: Uh, they said they provide transportation. So I'm assuming there will be, <laughs> uh, vehicles, but I'm, I'm not counting out, uh, hiking or walking either, yeah, yeah. that's it, probably a good part. Yeah. I'll find out <laughs> as far as how much of the trip is, uh, is, you know, walking right. or strenuous, physically demanding, but be uh, it'll cool, be a though. lot of fun. Yeah. All right. Let us know
0: if you see any aliens.
1: Yeah, well, I'll probably see llamas, and those things look alien-like, so.
0: Very, yeah.
1: All right, well, so again, kind of coming off last week, so the whole uh, idea of last week was that um, if, you know, objective morals exist, which Mm -hmm. we believe they do, right, there's Mm -hmm. truly things that are right and wrong. And, you know, as Michael was on the show with us last week, he was explaining that, you know, moral realism, which is that, you know, there are actually really – uh, moral facts right ethics yeah. that there's truly things right and wrong um, mm-hmm. And because of that that shows that God exists or there has to be a source mm-hmm. or a metaphysical source for For why things are right and wrong, right? If people have purpose and to yeah. do certain things not do certain things uh, Presupposes that you know there has to be a, a God and there was steps in the, that argumentation mm-hmm. that lead to that and obviously we we brought that to theism and then Christianity right. from there um,
0: I mean, it's one of those things that we talked about where, um, you know, you can, if you want to go back and listen, you'll get definitely a lot more detail on it, but it's, um, as far as like morals, ethics, that kind of thing, it just, there seems one of the conclusions we came to, or one of the things we talked about is there just seems to be a uh, kind of a, oh, what's the word, like an underlying base compass of mm-hmm. morality that just kind of stretches across all cultures and countries, and there's some... Some things there are um discrepancies, but for the most part, you know, everyone can kind of pretty much agree on the same things on what's right. At least and wrong. that there
1: is something that's right and wrong, truly. Yeah. Um and we went not. over
0: a little bit of like, you know, evolutionary naturalism and some of the other, you know, different metaphysical, ethical stuff of uh you know, why that may be but like I said if you want to know more about that mm-hmm. definitely check out last week's episode and Michael does a great job of explaining that
1: yeah much better than us so uh, <laughs> I, I'd say check that out we're not gonna rehash the whole episode of this one but I yeah. wanted to bring that up because since we're kind of building off of that and we have this idea that there are truly things that are right and wrong uh, and you know we presuppose okay God does you know God exists because or you know of that um, well what do we do about evil and suffering in the world? And mm. so this is one of the most common, if not the most common objection to Christianity, at least in popular culture, right? Not, mm. Maybe not academically, but at least in popular culture, you always hear this, right? It's like, okay, why do bad things happen to good people? Mm. Uh, if there's, uh, you know, if God exists, you know, why is there suffering in the world? If God is good, why doesn't he stop the, you know, evil and suffering in the world? And yeah. so there's a lot of these these questions that kind of combat. And there's actually been arguments and that have tried to show that, well, these things are actually logically inconsistent, that mm-hmm. God cannot exist if he, you know, if he's actually powerful enough and good enough, to, uh, you know, then why does evil still exist? And that there must be some kind of contradiction, therefore, because, mm-hmm. and the argument kind of goes like this, if there is evil in the world, then then therefore God does not exist. And we're going to yeah. hopefully show today that um, that is not the case, right? God does exist, and obviously we see, we, uh, see evil and suffering mm-hmm. in the world, and then how do we deal with that, right? Yeah. Uh, so we're just going to go kind of step by step, uh, explaining what it is, and then um, I guess the response to that—the the Christian or the theistic response to those things. Mm. Um,
0: it's definitely um, it's, it's something that I've heard a l- somewhat more, just because of growing up in a pastor's house, but also just growing up in church all the time. You know, that's that's um, I've heard the question before growing up and as I've gotten older I hear it more and more just because mm-hmm. of people you know growing up you hear more things and then you just the people you're around are obviously older so it's just some of these questions just start popping up more and more
1: mm-hmm. and then um, and probably in college too you know yeah. there's skeptics This, you know I've heard I've seen this too it's like uh, people that or in youth group and they don't know how to answer these questions and then they yeah. go off to college and then you have all these skeptics that say well you say god is good mm. but then why is there evil suffering in the world and that somehow that question more than any yeah. of them just break makes them their faith break down or something like that
0: and that's kind of why i was going with that was like some, a lot of times churches and um pastors or leaders uh youth pastors and you know people in leadership in churches don't always know how to you know give a good answer or a satisfactory answer to that question, yeah, and it's a tough and it's, question, yeah. I mean, and a lot of times, you know, like I've mentioned before, pastors don't really have time to get into a lot of the, the deep stuff because they've got to, you
2: know, take Little care leads, of the church,
0: yeah. they've got to, you know, they've got to preach on Sundays and they've got to take care of, you know, the people in the church, do hospital visits, pray for people. I mean, they got a lot of stuff to do, so they don't always have a ton of time to get into a lot of this deep stuff. Some do, some don't. But, um, so, I mean, don't be upset with your pastor, but, you know, sometimes if you haven't heard, you know, yeah. Yeah, to you. <clears throat> and if they don't really have a very deep answer, I mean, you can't, can't blame them, but at the same time they do need to, you know, be prepared. But a lot of times if it's just kind of a short, they'll give like a short answer to it or just kind of a brief answer to it. But I know a lot of people, especially nowadays are wanting, A lot more in-depth you know answers and kind of dissertations on the
1: topic but um and hopefully you know that's what we're trying to do is yeah bring let's bring this topic to the forefront and tackle it head on um Mm. on a side note is that hebrew on your hat or is that english
0: on my hat oh no this is striper
1: (laughs) i was trying to look i was like the middle one looked like a like an ayin and
0: no, this is a this is just a Striper beanie that I got when Maybe I saw them live side. in Nashville.
1: Okay, well, I think it might be backwards too. That's why, from what I'm looking at it.
0: <laughs> oh, it could be that. Yeah, or
1: something. Yeah. that's why it looks so but, cool. Shout out to Striper
0: if you if you guys know about them. Uh, <laughs> but for those that don't know Striper, they're a Christian '80s hair metal band and uh, great band. They uh, did a lot of were able to do a lot of ministry through their music and everything in the '80s and kind of pioneered Christian music. Especially in the rock genre. Wow.
1: I never—I so. don't think I've actually listened to.
0: <laughs> They're still around. They just came out with a new CD this past September, and I saw them uh, last February, right before COVID shut everything down. That was my, the last concert I saw. So, wow, this one I got a couple years ago, but not that one. But yeah, let's just striper beanie.
1: <laughs> All right, well let's uh, let's jump right into it. So, basically, what is the problem of evil, right? That mm-hmm. you know, the, or the argument from evil and so I'll, I'll break it down in a couple ways and so the book here that's a kind of introduction on the topic um as far as its contemporary uh formulation so the the argument form uh, the argument from or problem of evil concludes that the existence of evil is in one way or another incompatible with the existence of an omnipotent omnibenevolent and omni omniscient being which we call god mm. For anyone who is a student of or familiar with modern philosoph- philosophical orthodoxy and metaphysics, the philosophy of mind and the philosophy of action, uh, you know, which is the well simply mm-hmm. refer to the three as the modern philosophical orthodoxy. The problem of evil can be likened to the skeletal remains of dinosaurs that are housed in the back room of a museum and occasionally brought out for re-examination and public viewing. This is the case for, four, <laughs> for a couple reasons, I guess. But it's one of those things where, you know, there, there is this tendency to ignore it, mm-hmm. um, and we shouldn't do that because we should take this very seriously, right? This yeah. should be something that every Christian should be able to understand and answer well. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, it shouldn't <laughs> was, be something that, that you ignore to that too, with
0: bringing up dinosaur bones every once in a while. <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's just there, it's and just in the back closet, yeah.
1: you know. <laughs> and so, first, the problem of evil is fundamentally, in the words of C.S. Lewis, which C.S. Lewis is great. The problem of pain. Um, where an experience of pain is irreducible conscious feeling or a quake that hurts, um, and so yeah, that that when we bring it up, it really is just that. Like the problem yeah. of, of pain, pain and suffering, evil. Um,
0: they go hand in hand.
1: Yeah, and it's just like it's it's it is painful, right? And somebody mm-hmm. like C.S. Lewis has articulated that pretty well, um, and he himself has went through suffering and pain, and you know it's it's one of those things where everybody listening to this has went through something bad right <laughs> Every, yeah. everybody's all
0: experienced it in some one way or another
1: everybody's experienced evil yeah. and um everybody's done something right everybody's done evil yeah. right everybody listening but <laughs> mm-hmm. we are no exception right we've done bad things and we've mm-hmm. experienced bad things right um and especially in the midst of this pandemic yeah. we have there's been a lot and maybe you know people listening to this have uh experienced pain and suffering as a result of the pandemic, either with, mm-hmm. with the actual disease or with the loss of a loved one or a loss of job or, or you know, something of the sort. And so yeah. we want to tackle this with, uh, you know, with being careful as well, because we do know that there, that there is real pain and suffering in this world mm-hmm. and we don't want to minimize that. And that's probably partly why we wanted to tackle this because it mm-hmm. is a big deal that every Christian should uh, recognize and, mm-hmm. and answer. Um, because it is again that it is painful and it is something that all of us have experienced yeah. um, like the it's other definitely,
0: it's definitely a tough topic because it's hard to reach a definite answer on it but the best we can do is you know just kind of you know look at just kind of the secular science and then look at what the Bible says and try to kind of blend that together but like we've pointed out in the series before a lot of the secular science really does point to god if you get down to it they just ignore that part <laughs> yeah but it's that, like you said it's a real thing i mean it's a real pain it's real evil real suffering and it's tough to deal with sometimes but hopefully we can um just kind of walk through it and see you know what evidence there is and mm-hmm. um, that kind of thing but
1: yeah, and so another way put, and uh, just to bring the de- you know more definitions mm-hmm. of this brought out and the problem. There's uh, a, a formulation of the actual argument, right? Because mm-hmm. there, you know, it's just an easy question to answer. If there's oh, like if God, why suffering, right? Um, but there's you know an actual academic uh, mm-hmm. argument to this, and the atheistic argument goes something like this: uh, an argument from evil, which is. The world contains instances of human and animal suffering that could be prevented by an omniscient, uh, uh, an omnipotent omniscient being. Some of these instances of suffering do not appear necessary for obtaining some greater good for, or for preventing some greater evil. A holy good being uh, would, as far as possible, prevent instances of suffering unless they were necessary for obtaining some greater good or for preventing some uh, greater evil. Therefore, no holy good omniscient, um, omnipotent omniscient being exists so there are actually you know a lot of people that are convinced by this and they will mm-hmm. they will kind of champion this as an argument to say that uh, god does not exist
3: mm-hmm.
1: um now even even if let's just say even if this argument is sound um if we take last week's episode of the moral argument for god
2: <laughs> yeah
1: <laughs> uh, basically we're one in one here Right. So we, we basically have one sound <laughs> argument for God and one sound argument against God. But we're going to yeah. show today that this argument actually isn't really sound. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's, you know, we're going to poke holes in that in, in this argumentation in a second. But um, there is, you know, it, it is something that atheists will bring up a lot mm. or skeptics bring up. And maybe you as a believer or non believer are thinking of these same thoughts. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, one response to this. Which was also in the book, which I found pretty interesting, and we'll get into other explanations. But Alvin Plantinga, who's a philosopher, um, he's you know pretty pretty well known philosopher, and he he basically says um, the the you know Jesus, and we'll end with this, but with Jesus being you know the incarnation and the atonement, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the priority of the incarnation and the atonement over sin and suffering. Isn't temporal and isn't exactly logical either. It is a matter rather of ultimate aim as opposed to proximate aim. So God's ultimate aim here is to create a world of a certain level of value. That aim requires that he aim to create a world in which there is incarnation and atonement, right? So, mm. uh, which in turn requires that there be sin and evil. So basically, you can't have atonement. Mm-hmm. Uh you can't have the incarnation unless there is suffering and uh and, and sin and evil, right? Or the consequences. Mm-hmm. Because if you just have disobedience, if you just have sin, but you don't have the consequences of sin, um, then really the, the idea of the incarnation and the atonement um kind of breaks down. Right. So yeah. you these are you can't just have sin, you also have to have the consequences of sin mm-hmm. to if, in order for God to set sin free or, or yeah. to atone for, for sin. Um, In other words, while sin and suffering are a conceptually necessary condition of incarnation and atonement, in the sense that atonement uh, just is salvation from the consequences of sin, Uh, if there were no evil, there would be no sin, and no consequences of sin is to be saved from. Um, So, I mean, that's pretty complex, but essentially that Plinica's argument is that in order to have salvation (laughs) in the incarnation and atonement, Mm -hmm. uh, you have to have Um, the consequences of sin. You have to have suffering and and evil as a result of disobedience and sin. Mm -hmm. Um, And which, you know, it it makes sense, right? Yeah.
0: Uh, And then even with that, I mean, the, um, with the whole, you have to have the evil and everything to have atonement, to have incarnation. The other, I guess the other part of that is there's also, I guess, a level of, um, I guess love in there that God didn't want to make us as robots that just always did mindlessly the right thing, never did evil or anything like that. He wanted to give us the choice to choose to follow him or not to follow him. And with that, you know, just inherently there's the risk that evil is involved. And so it's also, I mean, you could say that this whole argument for evil and everything, um, is bad but in a way you know it's also a good thing because it shows that god is giving us an option which i'm sure we'll get to that um Mm -hmm. in a little bit but so i mean the god allowing evil to be around isn't god um placing it there to be mean let's so to speak it's um giving us the option to choose and giving us freedom in a way so it's it's a good thing, but a bad thing at the same time. You know, you hear people the talk about of, yeah, yeah. Hear people talk about freedom being a blessing and a curse at the same time, as far as uh, you know, just living our everyday lives. But I mean, the same goes for spirituality too.
1: Yeah. So it just depends put, on your decision. Yeah. So simply put, um, the argument here is: if God exists, why is there so much evil and suffering in the world? Or even you could say, why is there so much needless evil mm-hmm. and suffering in the world? Um, And so we have to tackle this. But what's interesting is, let's take the question, right? Mm. And so the question, um, oddly enough, presupposes hedonism. And so, you know, maybe you have never thought of of that, in in the honest, but um, hedonism, and the definition of hedonism is basically an ethical theory that pleasure, in the sense of satisfaction, you know, the satisfaction of desires, is the highest good and proper aim of human life. And mm-hmm. so, essentially, if you're a hedonist, where... Mm-hmm.
0: Um, He's not the, saying heathen, it's hedon. Heathen. Yeah, heathenism. <laughs> hedonism,
1: uh, hedonism is, if you believe that... If you're a hedonist, then you believe that uh, absolute bliss and pleasure is the ultimate good. And mm-hmm. that uh, ultimate pain and suffering is the ultimate evil. And so, you've made uh, good and bad identical with human pleasure, right?
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And so, pleasure... Uh, And Sam Harris tried to make the same argument. Right. And so like that, and he's a famous atheist, basically that um, human flourishing in some Mm -hmm. way or pleasure is identical with good and evil. Right. Um, now there's aspects of that that are true right and you think uh, when you think of heaven it is ultimate bliss and when you think mm-hmm. of hell it, it is the ultimate consequence of sin right that is right. ultimate suffering and so there's a, a a level of that which is true but there's also um, a level of that where it's false where they're not identical because mm-hmm. we can always think of instances and we maybe met, we mentioned this a little bit last week too with Michael um, where the moral thing is not the same as uh body, as a self pleasure or self you know better even self preservation even, self-preservation even. Mm-hmm. because you can you can think of somebody that uh is like a rapist right and you would say rape is wrong obviously yeah. <laughs> very wrong um and you would say that, that person is evil right mm-hmm. but the thing is if you're a hedonist and especially if you don't believe in god how could you say that they they're what they did is wrong you would have to say if you're a hedonist that what they did was good because they um, they enjoyed that, right? Mm. They had pleasure in that. And if mm. if pleasure... It's a
0: twisted way of thinking about it, but for the sake of the argument.
1: <laughs> for the sake of the argument, yeah. if, if they enjoyed it more than, let, let's just say, somebody mm. who didn't, mm. right, then, yes, yes, then means on, means on this... Those
0: standards. That's that is problematic
1: weird. because then you're <laughs> saying that the standard of good, that they did something more good than if mm. they wouldn't have because they've contributed to their self-presentation. Pleasure, right? Because if right. bliss and pleasure and creaturely flourishing in some way is mm. the is identical with moral goodness and badness, right? Right. Then there's a problem because we can always all of us can think of mi- million of different instances of how those things are not identical, right? Somebody who mm. ha- takes pleasure, like a serial killer, who takes pleasure in in uh, killing victims, mm. right? Then we wouldn't say that them finding pleasure in that is a good thing. Yeah. Therefore, simply, uh, you know, blissful, you know, pleasure is is not identical with with moral mm-hmm. goodness in the same sense that, uh, and I like this example here. You know, the people that it's like smoke weed every day, you know, uh, <laughs> you know, that's that's hedonism, right? Where people who who are just live for the moment, who just live to be high all the time, uh, we wouldn't say that that is a great life, right? People who are not productive aren't really um, living. For the greater good as we would say but if you're a hedonist you would say well they are living for the greater good because they're just living for pleasure and there's no you know point right mm-hmm. um and so when we ta- when we go to the question of if god exists why so much people suffer in the world it's there's an um, there's an assumption in that question that presupposes that good is identical with um pleasure so if god mm-hmm. is good therefore why is no why isn't everybody flourishing in this pleasurely blissful state makes mm-hmm. sense because if god is good then there should be no suffering mm-hmm. that exists because then suffering is identical with evil right and so it, it this question almost presupposes a a hedonistic yeah. outlook and funny enough the guy who the greek philosopher who actually really um um I guess a was a big proponent, the first proponent, I guess the the creator, if you will, uh, as far as we know, of this type of argument, the Epicurean dilemma, right? Mm -hmm. Is uh, is Epicurus, and he was a hedonist, (laughs) so so it it makes sense that uh, you know the again the Greek philosophers really started this whole dilemma of if God is good, why evil Mm. in the world? Uh, was a hedonist because Mm -hmm. to him what is pleasurable is good is the Mm -hmm. is identical with what is good and all suffering is identical with what is evil and bad
0: so i guess first you have to define what is good and what is evil and how that correlates with pleasure because like you said we just kind of naturally associate it with that but it's, you can think uh, of
1: every instance where they're not identical, yeah. though. Yeah,
0: <laughs> that can get really that can get dicey quick because I mean, especially if you take God out of the equation and then you throw in things like morals and ethics and say that it's subjective. Like you said before, why is the serial killer wrong?
1: <laughs> yeah, so, and it, if you're a hedonist too, um, you know, if if that brings him pleasure, what? Who's to say that uh, you know he did anything wrong? Well, we would yeah. say that he did something wrong because <laughs> again, that I mean, if, yeah. it's it's morally wrong. Pretty bad. Right? Yeah, and so why would we even say that? We would be disgusted about something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and this goes back to the whole moral argument and moral realism and everything. But the point is that the idea that that uh, pleasure, simply you know, blissful state of pleasure and and suffering as a spectrum, is not identical with the spectrum of good and evil. Mm-hmm. Which means that um, just because God allows evil and suffering, right, does mm-hmm. not actually. Um, say any you know impinge upon his goodness because what is the morally good which is what god is morally Mm -hmm. perfect and what is uh pleasure right these 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 scales aren't uh exactly one for one aligned now there is an aspect of it like we said because heaven obviously is ultimately pleasure you know a blissful Mm -hmm. state and part of that is because we are with god where we are most satisfied and fulfilled and then hell is the place where obviously we are not you know, enjoying God's presence and there is a separation there, etc. cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that, that would not be, <laughs> that, that would be the yeah. opposite of a good state. That would be ultimate suffering. Right. Um, yeah. Because God desires that end goal. Right. Mm-hmm. But then just, but because there is suffering in the world uh, that is, unless you're a hedonist, there isn't actually any logical contradiction between God being good and uh, you know, evil and suffering or suffering in the world
0: so i guess first you got to hash out that part where it's you know where are we talking pleasure being good and pain being bad are we talking about morally good morally bad and you know so you got to really if you when you want when you get down to it, you got to really micromanage that and define that part first Mm -hmm. to kind of see where you where Mm -hmm. you stand on the matter (laughs) and what you're crossing and mixing and all that because sometimes we don't even think about it. Like, uh, like you were saying with the hedonism, I think a lot of people would believe in that way. And they don't even realize that they're kind of adhering to a particular hedonism. system there. Mm-hmm. So it's definitely interesting when you start breaking that part down. You got to think, all right, well, we're associating it with this belief system, which... May not necessarily be the right be way true, to think yeah. about it, but
1: <laughs> and because again, and we're just breaking it, we're just taking the simple question of uh, if you know God is good and God mm. exists, then why is there evil suffering in the world? And again, that mm. it, part of that question is assuming hedonism. Another mm. aspect is uh, another kind of assumption is well, why, why do they deserve it? And I've mm. even heard this formulated of like, why do bad things happen to good people? Why are mm. there you know bad things happen to innocent people? Yeah. Right? Couldn't that be prevented or some way or 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 is that inconsistent with God existing, right? Yeah. Um now I guess you
0: could go the route of defining good.
1: <laughs> yeah. And which that's the first point is I was going to go there is well okay. even Jesus said only God is good. <laughs> um, and if you look here, I mean there's again there's verses to to support this. Um if we go to Romans 3:12 here, um, all have turned aside, together they mm-hmm. have become worthless. Uh, no one does good not even one so if all of us <laughs> uh if if all of us do evil then well there's not really anybody who's innocent in in, mm-hmm. in the sense right or at least truly 100% mm-hmm. um and then we see Romans 323 for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of god mm-hmm. right um yeah i mean what, this is partly for you know the gospel as well like obviously if we've sinned and therefore we needed to we needed a savior but if uh you know it's for for all people all have sinned all have uh fallen short of the glory of god uh no one is truly innocent no one is is good hmm. um but god is good and this is uh, you know this is explained here i mean even in psalms seven 1 give thanks to the lord for he is good his hmm. love endures forever now david was well acquainted with suffering and grief <laughs> Yeah, And he, somehow, this isn't in David's mind that God is any less good because David suffered in his life. Mm -hmm. David was on the run from Saul. Shouldn't Mm -hmm. he be like, well, shouldn't I be king right by now? You know, and, you know, his own son turned against him. He's had a long life of suffering, pain, and and warfare, and and grief. But yet, David, in his mind, sees no contradiction between uh, God being good and his love enduring Mm -hmm. forever and the pain and suffering that he faced. And that's, that's telling
0: yeah that's a good uh point you made there you know with all that stuff that he's going about or having to deal with and all of his all the crazy stuff that he lived through and everything he doesn't say that God's not good or why does why is God bad or why did he allow all this to happen he still says God's good, so he just kind of has that understanding like what um Paul was saying you know all of us have sinned, no one's good, only God's good, and it's uh it's it, like you said, you just got to break it down. And it's once you really start to break it down, it gets pretty simple. It's kind of hard. It might be hard to, a <laughs> hard pill to swallow at first, but it gets simple. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't have to be super complex.
1: Yeah. And going back to, uh, uh, what we were saying too, this comments, perspective is the challenge. And this yeah. is the, you know, comparing good and evil to hedonism, you know, the pleasure mm. suffering scale, uh, from our point of view, pain and suffering would appear evil, but may actually be beneficial from a different point of view. And we'll touch on that with the Odyssey in a second. Um,
0: it's almost like, uh, when you think about nature, like there's the balance of nature, like you have prey animals and you have, um, Prey.
1: Um, oh, yeah, predators, right? Yeah. Predators—that's right. the word.
0: <laughs> I was forgot the word there for a minute. But you have prey. You got predators, and the prey didn't really do anything wrong. I mean, they're just trying to live and eat. But the predator also has to eat, and in order to keep everything balanced, you know, animals have to die. And so, technically, evil is done there. But like, it's all part it's of like the balance. perfectly balanced is
1: all <laughs> And to further the point, the tree being pruned may perceive what is happening to it uh, may be bad, but from the perspective of the avarice it is good right Mm -hmm. uh and i want to touch on this question real quick before we move on so do you believe encounters like the one of job uh with the satan or hasatan the satan as you mentioned Mm -hmm. a few weeks ago still happen um there's i have no reason to why they couldn't happen yeah and yeah that's one of those
0: tough ones where it's uh and we'll Jesus said, we find out till we get to heaven." But <laughs>
1: Jesus said that the the sun rises on the just and the unjust, and the rain mm-hmm. falls on the just and the unjust. Right? So, yeah. uh, good and bad things happen to good and bad people alike. Yeah. And so, uh, and, and like God's even said that um, you know, and we'll, we'll get into mm-hmm. a couple of verses of here with the whole testing of your faith, and mm-hmm. uh, and God actually, you know, pruning. Uh, going back to the pruning example, uh, mm. any tree that doesn't bear fruit, he's cutting off, but any tree that does bear fruit, he's he's going to yeah. prune so it can bear more. So and there's I don't that think,
0: aspect. So I, don't th- I don't think that it's um, out of the realm of possibility that he does allow things like that to happen does every once are... in a while, mm-hmm. but kind of like the, uh, the other comment from um, Sean saying that it's throughout the rest of the Bible isn't really ever kind of mentioned. It's not like a normal um, narrative, if you will, that that normally happens. So I think that's a good way to think about it, too, is that just kind of seemed to be an isolated incident in the Bible. But, I mean, he could still do it. He may not. It's one of those things where it's a a yes and no, I guess. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But like you said, it rains on the just and the unjust, and it's... Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, and we only have one uh, instance of it, but, mm -hmm. you know, I can't rule it out completely if it couldn't happen again. Yeah, Uh, because he never said he wouldn't do it again. Yeah, so... so that's where it's like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to talk for God in that, that yeah. aspect. I'm just going to leave it up to him. Um, but anyways, moving on uh, there. So as we've been talking, we've been kind of lumping all of these together in one definition. Right. But there is a distinction here between, uh, you know, we say evil, suffering, pain, all these things as if they're the same. But there, there's different categories of this. We have to be more specific. Um, and But one, one thing on the question, though, that there's a difference between the emotional problem of evil and the logical problem of evil. And so this also gets lumped into the same boat where uh, and you can tell, right? You can tell right away if somebody went through something tough. Right. And let's mm-hmm. just say, you know, we're in a pandemic. There's there's those situations where maybe you lost a loved one and somebody's saying, well, why would this happen? Right. Why would uh, God allow this to? happen right um and it's tough right but there's there's a a level of emotion attached to the question uh yeah a lot of it as well but um if you separated the emotion from these questions and most of these questions are formed out of pain right because people have a Experienced pain or suffering, this is yeah. where these questions arise. Something bad happens to you, you always ask why. Yeah. Something bad happens to me, I somebody by I tell, like, why? And it like, kind of goes
0: okay. back to that hedonism where it's, you know, we all want to avoid
1: pain and, pain
0: and suffering. We all want the pleasure and everything. But like we said, it may not be the best way to approach this when it comes to, you know, talking about God, the emotional and that kind of thing. Versus, yeah. So it's definitely hard to kind of make that disconnect of from your emotions and kind of look at it from a, Almost like a uh, a third party, unbiased point of view. Mm-hmm. Just because we want to avoid the pain, and yeah. it's hard to disconnect from it.
1: And that's what we're trying to do. And, and if you're asking, you know, if somebody's asking an emotional question of the problem of evil, then that that uh, warrants a different response than the logical problem of evil. Obviously, if somebody mm-hmm. is in pain and suffering, then you should do something about it. Yeah. Right um and and comfort and i mean even the holy spirit he says his role he is a comforter right Mm -hmm. and we should uh likewise as the church reach out to a a hurting world and be that light um but all of that said right and and churches have a big part of that um but we we're going to tackle more of the logical problem because you know we're we're tackling the the philosophical side of this especially mm. during the series so as much as we want to talk about the emotional side of things it doesn't actually uh it's you know it's it's not something that we're dealing with firsthand on a pastoral level and you guys can always get that at that mm. level so we want to talk as as uh what do i say as, as insensitive as it may seem <laughs> we're going we're going to tackle it from the logical side and so the point is even if somebody says that you know, Mm -hmm. well, why God would allow such a thing or why is there evil suffering? There Mm -hmm. is a disconnect between the emotional, the emotion of that question and the logic of that question. And so the logical problem of evil is there a contradiction between God existing and God being good and the evil and suffering that is allowed in the world. And the problem is when you, there isn't, because when you actually ask somebody to uh, break that down, where does the contradiction lie? There's little explanation further. Right, because where is actually the contradiction? Um, you know, and maybe you guys in the comments can can try to point some of those things out in that Mm -hmm. direction. But it's one of those things where there is no actual contradiction, and if somebody is able to show the contradiction, then I give them that challenge because it's not a logical contradiction as saying like so and so, like I'm married and I'm about like. I'm a bachelor. It's like Mm -hmm. those two; those two things are logically inconsistent (laughs) because you can't be both married and unmarried. Yeah. But um, when you're saying that, okay, evil exists, suffering exists, God exists. Mm -hmm. Okay, Uh, God is good, and then you're, and then that's. It's like okay, so therefore he can't. It's like well, why? Mm -hmm. Where's the actual contradiction? That, you know, there's a substance yeah. there. Where's the implicit contradiction between the two claims that evil mm-hmm. exists, which it does and God exists, which he does. Mm-hmm. And so where's the contradiction lie? Yeah,
0: because um, you can't really have good without evil and you can't have evil without good. You have to have the two kind of defining, you know, the polar or pillars of, I guess, experience morality or whatever, because I mean, how do you know if something's good if there isn't something to counter it being evil? Mm-hmm. and same with evil, how do you know it's evil unless you have something good to counter it so it's one of those things where they kind of just got to go together
1: <laughs> well and even going back to the original argument, you know, because I want to be fair, so the actual argument of what I was saying is that the world contains instances of human and animal suffering that could be prevented by an omnipotent, omniscient being, okay, so mm-hmm. that, I would agree with that premise too, that yeah. God can do anything that he wants Right, he can stop people yeah. and suffering, and Honestly, there's probably many things that we don't know about that he has stopped. Yeah. Um, and there's evil and suffering that God has intervened to stop, but we wouldn't even know it. Um, mm-hmm. When I was younger, um, when I was, I think, two or three years old or something like that, um, I was running down this uh, this hill, like, to the street,
4: mm-hmm.
1: uh, the sidewalk. And my parents could tell you the story, and my grandpas as well. They are all there. Uh, obviously, I don't remember because I was too young. But I was, you know, uh, I was going, and all of a sudden I just ran and I was going, you know, cause they were getting out of the house and they were going to the car across on the curb. And right at that moment where I was just, I just ran, I was running down the sidewalk downhill. There's this car that was flying down the mm-hmm. neighborhood uh, and this truck and it was just going and not paying any attention. And so if I would have kept, you know, kept going, uh, I would have just boom, done, smashed no more Chandler to this day. Right. <laughs> Uh, but somehow while I was running downhill, I like almost like hit an air brick wall and I fell on my butt. On my bottom. <laughs> and so it's like, well, how does somebody trip backwards? Like how? Like I was running forward mm-hmm. and all of a sudden it's just like I got stopped in my tracks and then it's like I hit like a brick wall <laughs> and, and, there, and I went backwards and, and landed on my bottom Man. You know, right before the, the car just passed down the street. Right before I, I went into the road. And wow. so, obviously, you know, you can chalk that up as you will, but I still mm-hmm. think, uh, you know, there was divine activity there um, yeah. because it's like, you know, the scenario doesn't really fit with physics. <laughs> yeah. So, why you just like, I just boom, stopped and fell on my butt. But the thing is, there's instances like that where, okay, yeah. you would say God did intervene. And mm-hmm. how many millions of scenarios? And I mean, mm. I could think of what, when I was driving, mm. and I'm like, there is so many times that I could have died driving. Yeah. Where God, you know, yeah, protected us, and and people have had a
0: lot of those lot of situations choices, too. Same thing.
1: Experiences. And so, how do you know that God hasn't intervened a million mm-hmm. times? And so, I would say He has. So, yeah. even in the first premise of this atheist argument of God can prevent evil and suffering, mm-hmm. He, I would say, yes, He can, and I think He also has in many instances. Mm-hmm. But. Here's where the argument breaks down. Here's why I want to poke a hole into the atheist argument here. The second premise. Some of these instances of suffering do not appear necessary for obtaining some greater good or for preventing some greater evil. And mm-hmm. so this is actually a good argument because it's being very fair. Because it's saying, well, mm-hmm. it's not saying that evil and suffering is contradictory with God.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, because obviously you know, God could have morally sufficient reasons for allowing evil. God could have reasons for COVID that produce a greater good in the, in the outcome. Right. Yeah. Um, I, I can think of something like a simple, uh, and you know, whatever side you take on this, something like the, the fall of Constantinople. Right. Yeah. Uh, if you're thinking, if you're, if you were on the side of the Roman empire, if you were on the side of the Christians in this conflict and you were like, well, why in the world would God allow the great city, the Christian the, the last Eastern Orthodox you know light in this area to be overcome by the Ottoman Empire. Uh, if if you were to, sit to say that, the the problem is you you have no idea what the butterfly effect leads to. Yeah. And if it wasn't for the fall of Constantinople, we wouldn't have had you know the the West wouldn't have had any reason to sail and try to find another route to Asia. Thus Christopher Columbus. Thus discovering the New World. Thus you have mm-hmm. Christianity and. North and South America is primarily Christian, you know, started by Christian colonies. And so, if it wasn't for that suffering and evil for the fall of this Christian, uh, you know, pinnacle, you wouldn't have Christianity elsewhere at this time. And you know, maybe not even America at this time. And so,
0: yeah, when you get uh, into the whole butterfly effect thing, it really, it's uh, it's really interesting when you think about it. Like how it may seem bad at the time, but look at what all was produced because of it mm-hmm. and it's kind of like a take one for the team type mm-hmm. type of a philosophy i guess you could say but it made yep. me think of uh because you had brought up those scriptures earlier kind of talking about you know god god being good and mm-hmm. just the basic you know starting point god's good we're not good so start there and then now you're talking you know like you were saying some things happen we don't know why but sometimes a seemingly bad situation Can be necessary or is necessary to bring about something good, Mm -hmm. and it made me think of the Romans eight twenty eight, and which says in ESV, and we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to His purpose. Mm -hmm. So, Amen. Yeah, all things. Sometimes bad things, seemingly bad things, can happen, but God can work with that too. Mm -hmm. And sometimes He allows it. Sometimes it happens, and He has to work. I don't know if, say, work around it is the right way to put it, but, um, you know, it's all, it's just part of
1: God can how use things it. are. Yeah, <laughs> can and I it, think you know. of the Joseph narratives, right? You look at the life of Joseph, he had a lot of suffering, a lot of mm-hmm. pain. You think, well, like, there's no point to this, and all of a sudden, you know, God uses that. And even at the end in Genesis, and Joseph says this, it's like, well, what you meant for evil, God meant for good. Mm. And so God turned an evil situation and turned it to his glory. And so God Mm. can take both good and bad and make it good somehow, like make Mm. good come out of that. And so there isn't actually a contradiction um, between God existing and suffering existing. Mm. And that's why in this argument of the argument from evil breaks down at the second premise, because how do you know that all of these instances of suffering are not necessary for obtaining a greater good or for preventing some greater evil? Because there's many instances where, uh, you know, I I think of, you know, and this is an analogy, right? There was Mm. a person who lost their thumb in a a construction accident, and they Mm. they were very upset, right? Yeah. And they were rightfully like, so, <laughs> and they, and they're like they're going through their li- their life without a thumb, and it's really hard. And they're like, "Why God would you allow this pain and suffering?" Well, one day, he was on a plane, and he he crashes in in this remote part of, of the world, and uh, you know h- him. He, he survives and everything, and, and he goes, and all of a sudden, he he stumbles upon this uh, this native group, this mm-hmm. cannibalist native group. And they they take him and they're going to string him up and they're you know they're going to cook him like Ewok Star Wars Episode Six style <laughs> and uh, you know and then one of the tribesmen noticed that oh snap no 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 he he, he doesn't have a thumb right he, he's he's bad he's spoiled <laughs> he, he's he impure. he's impure he's diseased he's impure there's he cannot be eaten and there's yeah. this custom in the tribe to where he, therefore you know he. he they, yeah, they can't eat something go. that isn't without blemish, without uh you know, something that's possibly diseased or, or right, something right. wrong and all of a sudden, disfigured. You know, right. thong, disfigured. And uh well th- you know, his life was saved as a result and then he goes mm. on. So um, yeah. but even in a scenario like that, mm. you can always uh, see where something bad could actually be preventing a greater evil down the road. Yeah. Um, and so this second argument, which is saying that you know, that doesn't appear. Do not. Uh, th- there's some of these instances of suffering do not appear necessary for obtaining some greater good or for preventing greater some greater evil. How do you know? You have to be omnipotent yourself. Yeah. To make the, the statement that all evil and suffering, or uh, some of it or all of it has no point, right?
0: Yeah. It, it can it's kind of like. Uh, God when he was talking to Job in the book of Job at the end of all his suffering and everything and Job was upset and complaining and you, it, it would apply in this situation too. Uh, God pretty much busted out the... Who are you to kind of complain about this? Like, what yeah. do you know? Were you here when I created the earth? Were you here when I mm-hmm. created the land and the sea and Told it created the boundaries of And, everything? Yeah. and mm-hmm. So it's in one way us saying... God made a bad decision, or God's bad for allowing what we perceive to be bad. You know, it's like, well, who are we to judge that? I mean, we, that would mean that we're God if we could decide that, and we're obviously not. So, <laughs> kind of yeah. And that. if the or,
1: and if the moral argument is sound, then He is the very source of goodness and foundation of, of goodness, and so. Mm-hmm. And we who are—we've established are imperfect, you know. Mm. We've sinned and done evil, then we're questioning God's morality based on, <laughs> yeah, on ours. Uh, yeah. So, which is, you know, there's a gap there. In
0: our flawed perception.
1: <laughs> but I wanted to tackle that—that that part of—is there a point head on? Mm. Um, because let's just say, for the sake of argument, all of these things where it's probably improbable, if you know, that a good, perfectly omniscient God exists given evil or suffering and all that. But let's take the two worldviews, right? The the fact is evil and suffering exist. That is the one part that we can't deny. Mm. Evil and suffering exist. Pain exists, right? Um, now, which worldview accounts for what we see with evil and suffering, right? And uh, I like this image here. I was gonna put this on here. Um, this thanks this image thanks to David Wood. He's an apologist. Um, this was his image, so thanks for that. It's great. I loved this illustration. Because you have two dilemmas, right? Is there, or two questions, is there a point to suffering or not? And mm-hmm. so you have two options. Is there a point to suffering? Is there no point to suffering? Now, if you're an atheist, um, or, you know, I guess you could say uh, even a ni- you know, li- nihilist or, or um, you know, everything came by chance, That there's no point in existence, right? Then you would say that there has to be no point in suffering, Mm. right? So every everything that you face that is evil, pain, or suffering, there is no point to it if you are consistent in Mm. your beliefs as an atheist. Or you could say, well, there is a point to suffering. Uh, You know, people would want to believe this regardless of whether Mm. they, you know, they know it's true or not. Of that, the the hardship that you face as a point yeah that there is a light at the end of the tunnel there's a reason that you're going through what you're going through right uh because if there's no reason for the, what you're going through if ever if it's just needless suffering mm. um well that that's a it's a very sad worldview yeah <laughs> first very of all sad. very it's it's a very trying worldview so i mean at least at it,
0: that point it's like what's the, even the point of living <laughs> if there's no the reason for living, yeah
1: and some people sadly see that option and yeah. some people have taken their life because they see no point mm-hmm. in the suffering that, that they, uh, experience. Yeah. And, and that's, you know, it's very heavy. Um, yeah. but when you, you have this dilemma where you have, we have evil and suffering, well, what do we do about it? Mm-hmm. Is there a point to it or is there not? Well, like even this illustration is there not being any point at all. It's almost unthinkable, right? Nobody, if you ask, nobody really believes. That there is no point to any suffering that they've they've gone through. Anything, mm. right? If if one person believes that anything, any hardship in their life has led to anything more than that situation of like if there was a bad thing to happen and it caused them to do something good or there was a prevented a greater evil or whatever. If there was a reason for any pain or hardship or evil in their life, then they've automatically presupposed. Uh, the why question, the reason, right? There's a reason why there was pain and suffering. Um, And so if if this option is unthinkable, that there is no point in suffering, then the atheist worldview, atheistic worldview is not very good because the atheistic worldview doesn't have an explanation for why there is evil and, and suffering in the world. It just says that there is no point to it right? Everything's happened by chance. And if everything's by chance, then there is no point. Mm-hmm. Right. And so it's, it's just, you know, it's, up, it's no different than if you live the life of, of good or, or bad. Right. It's mm-hmm. just, it's just needless in the end.
0: It's a very uh, sad <laughs> uh, type of yeah way of thinking worldview to intentionally subscribe to,
2: mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> to, cause it's man. I mean, who would, when, who wants to be who would want to be an atheist that's just very that's just not a fun way to live
1: <laughs> and, and that's the thing we have uh, evil and suffering and pain in the world and so is there a point to it and if you say yes there is a point to suffering then what is the point what mm-hmm. what what is the reason why and when would we and and this is a question that we automatically ask when something bad happens why? <laughs> why me why yeah we, everybody intuitively knows that there's a reason for, or asks for a reason for it because if it's just needless if somebody was consistent of like you know somebody hit your car and then it's mm. like why oh i know what there's no reason why it's needless <laughs> it's just it just happens things happen yeah. by chance it's just stupid right you know uh but yeah you, people just intuitively think why yeah. Um, and if there is a reason for why we experience what we experience, then what is that reason? And what worldview accounts for there being a reason for what we have? And I think the best worldview, obviously, is Christianity. And mm-hmm. we'll show that in a second. But the theism in general, right? If there is a God who knows, right, the beginning from the end, who, who knows who who is sovereign, who is Omnipresent, omniscient, and all good, right? Mm-hmm. He is able to take uh, account for the evil and suffering in the world. He's able to take evil and suffering and have it and have it be for a reason, mm-hmm. or to be for a greater good. Um, and that's the argument, you know. Like, like I said, if God prevented evil, there has been things that He prevented because maybe it didn't lead to any any greater good or preventing a greater evil. Yeah. But if He did allow it, then how could you say that it doesn't lead to a greater good or like right. in the Joseph narrative, or preventing a greater evil, like the, you know, the native example I gave with the guy with the thumb. Yeah. So, if there's a reason for evil and suffering, what is that reason? And the theistic worldview accounts for that. Mm-hmm. Um, great, definitely,
0: I mean, it's, it's still, it doesn't say that the, sometimes the hard times and the pain won't be there, but it does give you the hope that it's for a reason, and that's definitely more Um. um Oh, it's the word. It's more positive than just kind of the atheist or the people that don't, just anyone that wouldn't, doesn't believe in God or whatever. Just thinking that, well, it just, it happens <laughs> just because it can kind of thing, like a Murphy's Law type deal.
1: Yeah, and so that's the, I mean, that's the, that's the thing. If so, evil and suffering exists, that mm. cannot be denied. Yeah. Wh- which worldview accounts for that? And, mm. you know, is there a point? Is there not? And if there's not a point, well, then okay, then <laughs> that's you can you can go that route, but not a lot of people would would go that route either because they don't buy it, because mm-hmm. you know there has they have seen reasons for their own evil and suffering that they've experienced, um, or you know it's just not attractive of a view. But if there mm-hmm. is a reason, then what is that reason? And we can tend to we can explore that question yeah. and and see, but the theistic worldview accounts for there being a reason for mm-hmm. the evil and suffering experience. Whereas the atheistic worldview doesn't account for why we experience what we experience.
0: And like we said before, it, it's uh you really have to really get down to how you define good and bad. Cause it may appear bad to us and it may feel bad, but maybe the hedonistic approach is the wrong approach in this case. But then there's also the problem of us not being omniscient and omnipresent and all-knowing. <laughs> yeah. And who are we to say that a seemingly bad thing is actually bad? Mm. So and going it's back to the one of those point of view things.
1: Yeah. And going back to the or more argument too of like, well, what is good? If there, if you're on an atheistic worldview, then you have a problem. Is is mm. it even good or bad? You know, how can you say that the something you experience is evil or bad? <laughs> because yeah. it's like, well, what is good and bad if if you don't have a theistic outlook, right? Uh, and i did have one
0: and i did have one scenario come to mind which i don't know if it'll lead into anything um that you were getting ready to say but (laughs) if it does uh we can put pause on that and we'll come back to it in a minute but the one thing that i've heard about when uh when it comes to the question of if god is good why does he allow bad and everything so kind of um related but i guess a slightly different argument uh is talking about um Uh, why the good thing happened to bad people so it's the whole you know are are we actually good or not good and then there's the other um that was the word i guess not argument but it's a another thing i've heard was when something bad happens a lot of people die some people live some people die or a lot of people die some people live and people try to make the argument oh god must have big plans for you because you lived or whatever Mm -hmm. and i've heard a lot of people i've um you know, say that, but I've also heard the other people saying, well, why did God like him more than he liked my son who died? And you know, why, why was he so special and that kind of thing. And I feel like to an extent when it comes to the bad thing, the argument of evil, pain, death, and that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. I think there is also an element that has to be considered as far as, um, having some kind of relationship with God and having some type of, um, I guess covering over your life in some way where it's like you were saying uh within your case where well, in prayer, like if you, yeah. if
1: you prayed, like God protect me and he protected you. It's so yeah. like, well,
0: So like yeah. when you, if you have a relationship with God or you have your family's Christian and maybe you're too young to understand, or maybe you're still trying to figure it out, but you're still under a family covering because your family's Christian. In some cases, God may, prevent you from encountering some of that evil because you know your family or you in particular are Standing in a relationship with him and so he may spare you from some of that evil not all of it but some of it as opposed to someone who's not a christian doesn't believe in god and doesn't have any relationship with him. when you take in take that into account why would god have any motivation to help them when all they're going to do is just blame god for it so there's also i think uh, an interesting aspect of that argument, because even in Romans eight twenty eight, I uh, was talking about all things work together for good to those that believe Him. Those who are
3: called according so, to His purpose. Yeah. So if you're say, not a He not say for everybody.
1: <laughs> yeah, that that's a good point, right? Because if you're saying that, you know, um, took the, and, me a minute to get there,
0: but <laughs> hopefully, yeah, yeah. hopefully, it made sense.
1: No, but I, I know. Yeah, I know where you're going because it's it's like if you are a Christian, right? Mm-hmm. Then. Then ultimately, right, like that—that that destination. Our added, experience that, with evil that, is a little different. Yeah, the experience with evil. Well, you have a solution, right? And it's yeah. going back to: is there a point? It, mm-hmm. Is there a point to suffering or not? And let's mm-hmm. just say we have uh, suffering and evil. What are we going to do about it? Now, mm-hmm. are we going to ta- ta- try to tackle that problem of evil, or are we just going to say, "Well, it's there, whatever. It sucks." Because mm-hmm. if you're an atheist, you don't have a solution for the suffering and evil and pain that you have. But if you are a theist, right, if you're Christian, then you have the ability, right? You have that solution to answer the pain and suffering that you experience. So if you're experiencing evil pain and suffering, right, then you have a, a solution to give you that peace, give you that comfort. The Holy Spirit said he's the comforter. You have that, um, you know, you have that answer, right, to the pain and suffering that you experience. And and honestly, Christianity. Shows that like all throughout the Bible of of people running to God with their problems. David constantly mm. in the Psalms he's like uh, <laughs> like God, what, where are you? Why are you not answering me? I'm pain and yeah. suffering, and then he ends with you oh, know, thank you, Lord. You know, you're yeah. awesome and you're good, and and so like there's you know that's that's part of life. If if we never went through anything in all of life, then it's like yeah. we wouldn't have God as that solution and and that you know part of that mm. relationship as well. Um, but I, I wanted you to
0: appreciate the good without the bad
1: yeah exactly and and i'm going to touch on that too with the with the, the second point here with the theodicy and so mm-hmm. um going back to that big question is there a point to suffering right uh, you know from what i just showed in the graph if there isn't a point okay then that's you know you take that atheistic outlook there is no point whatever sad life right it's yeah. like that, everything's by chance but is if there is a point to suffering what is that point right what why mm-hmm. is there suffering is there a point to it and so i'm going to answer that with three points right the, the, the reason why that, you know, or the point or having a point of suffering, the first one would be uh, libertarian free will, right? Mm-hmm. Which if you hold to, um, that God gave us free will. And so this is makes sense because if somebody uses their free will to bring harm to another person, mm-hmm. then that is something that they, uh, you know, that they chose to do with their free will, right? And yeah. so, if God infringed upon their free will, well, he just contradicted himself, what, what, you know, his, himself with his what he wanted to do with creation and his purpose because he just said, "I want to create a creation with free will, but mm-hmm. I'm not going to have you have free will, or you have free will, or you. I'm going to stop um, your free will, you know, in all these instances, right?" Um, it's kind of like
0: I was mentioning at the beginning, like if you you know subscribe to that theory or you believe that theory, it's uh you know if you with the whole the whole free will issue, freedom issue, it just comes with that risk of evil. And it's I guess it's just a question, do you want to be free or do you not want to yeah. be free kind of thing?
1: And so and someone might say, Well, wouldn't it be better for God to not have a free will like creatures or just create a world where he just had creatures that automatically obeyed every command and that mm-hmm. wouldn't cause any suffering or harm on other people? Well, let me answer that question with a question. Let me yeah. just ask everybody in the audience. Um, let's just say you have a, a girlfriend or, or or significant other or wife, right? In my case, I have a wife, right? Uh, so let's just say you have a significant other. Um, now, would, it be, would you rather have a wife that at the click of a button does everything that you want, right? Um, That's you know, does everything you want, goes everywhere you want to go, um, doesn't talk back, doesn't say anything <laughs> wrong. That, that you want.
0: Careful Chandler.
1: You know? So like, um, you know, you could have basically a robot for a wife, yeah. you know, same, same wife, but um, you know, they, they love you because you told them to love you. Right. <laughs> yeah. um, or would you rather have a wife? That maybe doesn't do everything that you want, mm-hmm. or maybe uh, d- disagrees with you, uh, right? Um, but <laughs> they love you out of their own free will, right? Yeah. And so maybe they for don't those, do it. F-
0: do for those of you, you movie want. buffs, this may sound familiar: uh, trading places with uh, Eddie Murphy and Dan Aykroyd. You know, Eddie Murphy. Um, he gr- he's an African prince and. He has a wife, an arranged marriage for him, and the wife is pretty much trained like that. It's just <laughs> she's trained to just do whatever he wants and like whatever he likes and everything. And he, before they get married, the official ceremony, he takes her to the side room and is like, so what do you like? And she's like, whatever you like. He's like, what kind of food do you like? Whatever food do you like?
1: Yeah. I mean, that kept, can get I'm annoying, like, actually. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> and so the whole point of the movie is like, I want someone that loves me because they want to love me, not because they've been conditioned to love me. Exactly. So it's, exactly. It's pretty yeah. funny how well that went with that, but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's then ex- the...
1: that's exactly my point, right? It's like yeah. if you're conditioned, if you just conditioned everybody to do all the right thing and love him, then th- there is an aspect where it's like, well, then is God morally good for like just wanting yeah. a bunch of slaves, you know, and servants? Right. Uh, and it's what I love this comment because you know, so <laughs> I, I answered yes, and my wife told me to turn this. Off. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess, I guess I wouldn't, you know. Depends yeah. how honest you are. This, <laughs> I'm sure there I mean, would be some people in the audience yeah. to say, you know what? I wouldn't want my significant other to just do everything they want. And, and honestly, that might go well for a little bit. Yeah. But after a while, it's going to get real boring. It's going to get real annoying. And it's going to get one of those things where it's like, I just have like a robot it's
0: not slave.
1: It's not enjoyable, right? There's no free will. I would much rather have a wife that that chooses to be with me
3: mm-hmm.
1: and chooses to do the right thing, even if 100% of the, the time uh, they don't do everything that I want. Right? Mm-hmm. I would still much rather have that type of relationship. And so you can easily see why God would would want to create free will creatures that even though they don't do everything that they want, and maybe they use their free will in bad ways, it's still infinitely better than just having a bunch of robotic slaves that are yeah. conditioned or have the have been put in right scenarios in some kind of scenario uh, to where they automatically have to or will mm-hmm. choose good 100% of the time.
0: Uh, I'll it's do just, you it's just kind of stage. And I'll do you one better. Why yeah. Gamora?
1: Why Gamora? Exactly.
0: <laughs> I'll do you one better. Would you want to be a robot? Speaking to listeners, would you want to be yeah. just uh, a preconditioned being that just... Mm-hmm as a yes man so to speak and you don't have any free thinking ability or would you rather be how you are now and you have the choice to think and do whatever you want to think and do
1: yeah and and uh if anybody has read the giver or even watched the movie i love that The, the giver it's interesting because it's talking it has a society to where there is no difference between society there is no pain there is no suffering there is no pleasure uh everybody's on the same playing field and like you know now you don't have you don't experience color and uh, you don't experience uh, you know, just even the things around you in life. Right. That is just, just there. Um, And it's a depressing world and and everybody. And and if you know anything about the giver, the story, the giver, the boy that goes, right. uh, The receiver, right. Who goes to the giver, who's receiving all the memories. Right. Mm. And it's painful when he's receiving the bad ones. He's Mm. like, Oh, the beasting, Oh, the the wreck. and, And it's like, well, and there is that dilemma of like, well, do we want to open that can of worms of like have that society again, like it used to be, to where we have everything good and bad, um, mm-hmm. you know, at, at our disposal, and have just the freedom? Because it seems like freedom is a, a virtue or an attribute that is that is better to have mm-hmm. than uh, even if it entails greater. Uh, or pleasure or greater suffering mm-hmm. than it would be just to be in a world that is gray and has, you know, little difference and no suffering and and no, you know,
3: choice, mm-hmm. you know,
1: freedom. And, you know, by the, by the end of the book, you know, in, in the movie, you have that where it's like, he's willing to receive all the memories that maybe are painful and maybe mm-hmm. that, you know, have run that risk of, you know, it's still better to have freedom Mm. Uh, and and bring with it all the baggage of of what possibly comes with that freedom, mm. than to to not have, uh, then live in a gray reality. Yeah. Uh, and I would and I would say the same. I would say that mm. you know that libertarian free will is one of the points. And so you know, say, is there a point to suffering? Well, the first point here and the, these three points is that uh, because of libertarian free will. Um, and I think freedom is better, yeah, uh, inherently better than an existence without freedom.
0: And sure. I have realized I made a grave mistake. I uh, referenced the wrong movie. It is not Trading Places. It is uh, it's still Eddie Murphy, but the movie is Coming to America. The first one, Trading Places, mm-hmm. still a good one. Wrong, wrong storyline. So please, forgive oh, okay. Me. I haven't movie. seen
1: either, so I, <laughs> I couldn't call you on it. <laughs>
0: so Coming to America. That's, I need to. That's I've heard one, that one's good. Very good. I need but to
1: watch
0: that one. Yeah. But uh, but even like the conclusion he reached in the movie, he gets to the end of the movie and. Um, he's pretty much the, he did, he finds another girl. He's cause he's in Africa. He comes to America. Hence the title to find a wife that will, you know, love him because she just chooses to not cause she's conditioned to do so. Mm-hmm. And it gets to the point where she has to make the decision. Does she want to you know marry him or not? Because he's a prince and she just lives an average life and everything. And mm-hmm. um, so she's, you know, battling with that. And he's like, well, I, he gets to the point, where he's like, you want me to give up my throne and just be a normal dude and we'll get married? Because I'll do it, <laughs> pretty much. So he's like, you would rather, you know, have a genuine, loving relationship rather than having all of you know, um, what's the word? Euphoric or not? Nah, not that. Um, everything be great. I can't think of the word. Uh, utopia. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> Back
0: at his kingdom where he's got everything he wants and a wife that does everything he wants. He'd rather have... And know, all
1: men anyway. take notes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, so he'd, ra- he'd rather have, you know, someone that loves them out of their own free ro- free will rather than someone that's uh, conditioned to do so. Mm-hmm. And God's the same way because that's why he created us with free will. He wants us to love him because we choose to, not because mm-hmm. we're conditioned to do so.
1: Yeah, and I'll go through these other two points quickly because I know we're running a little shorter on time now in the episode. But um, so is there a point to suffering? Well, one, libertarian free will, right? Uh, second is that suffering produces virtue, And so this is the whole Mm -hmm. idea of the Odyssey, uh, that, um, you know, this whole idea of of soul building, right? Like, we're we're Mm -hmm. actually getting better. And we can all think of people in our mind that are spoiled, right? And if everything is handed to them on a silver platter, they've not went through anything, um, you know, grave. And and, and it's like, we automatically associate people like that actually Mm -hmm. worse morally somehow than people who have been through it and mm-hmm. have uh, like worked their way up and earned their living, and somehow they're both at the same place, mm-hmm. but somehow we think one morally or or stronger, uh, you know, soul wise than, than the other, because mm-hmm. that one has went through pain and suffering, and somehow that produces some level of of uh, of righteousness or some level of strength or steadfastness Um, because they've
0: gone through it and chose to live a good life rather than to, you know, choose a, I guess an evil life. And, you know, so maybe that's where some of that kind of comes from was they've been through a hard time, but they're still, you know, a good person.
1: And we can all think of things where we were afraid to do something, but, you know, or or something hard happened, but something, but it built a stronger character. Like we, we are better people because of some of the things that we have been through. um and you can think that if i wouldn't have gone through certain things i would be i wouldn't be where i'm at now. i wouldn't be uh the person i am today and so that that's easily seen and so you would think of maybe if we did have an existence where there is no pain and suffering or even consequence of sin in that regard then would we be morally uh the people that we are today would would our character be the same or would we be fragile um immoral, you know, naive Mm -hmm. people that, you know, we, we, we don't, we're not strong. We're not, we don't have character. We don't have this kind of soul. Like we're not, we're not going up in levels, right? Uh, where we're building character, we're building ourselves and somehow, uh, by going through pain and suffering, it's actually producing character and steadfastness. And actually the Bible says this, uh, this exact thing. Um, I wanted to, and James, that the testing of your mm. faith produces steadfastness. Yeah. Right. And so we can all think of things where we're we're going through it, um, and we actually come out better on the other side because of it. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, how, how wh- why and how does something bad actually make us better? But yeah. somehow it does, right? And we can think of well, if people who just are spoiled and have everything handed to them on a silver platter. Uh, mm-hmm. it's just you know, they, they aren't, uh, you know, yeah. they, they just aren't there, right? And ca- character wise, um, another in ex- some examples, right? Uh, with the second point, is think of the Wizard of Oz, <laughs> right?
2: Yeah,
1: and so the they all had their issues of being frightened, right? They're supposed to be brave, and you know, the lion, right. and, and uh, <laughs> but without the heart, and without the but what's funny is they went they had to go through a whole journey where those things were tested those attributes were tested Mm -hmm. in order for them to actually realize and overcome those things and like oh wait i am brave i do have a heart i do you Mm -hmm. know you know etc um and so we 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 watch this in hollywood all the time right and we think of somebody like iron man who Mm -hmm. started out as uh you know
0: Billionaire, playboy, a hor- philanthropist.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> a horrible, right, morally horrible person. Uh, but then he goes through it, right? He encounters mm-hmm. a lot of evil, a lot of suffering, a lot of pain, villains. And then by the end of the arc, and hopefully I didn't spoil it for everybody, he actually ends up uh, sacrificing uh, for the good of everybody in the universe, whereas mm-hmm. he's he's not the same person he was Mm. at the first part where would he would he be able to do the same thing then that he was at the end of his his story arc yeah and the thing is he had to go through that journey in order to reach that arc and we all yeah. know this just intuitively uh we watched it on every movie every person that has a, an arc who started out bad and then they end up good and it's because they went through the hardship right <laughs> this is this character yeah. building uh think of sam wise think of lord of the rings
0: Mm-hmm. I still haven't seen that, but I know what you're talking really? about. Really?
1: <laughs> Lord of the Rings, man. You got to see Lord of the Rings.
0: My brother loves it. He has, um, uh, is it Prince or King? Aragon, Aragorn? Uh, yeah.
1: Aragorn.
0: Yeah. He has his sword, like a replica of his sword. That is awesome. There's only a certain amount of them made, and he just happened to find one in a local game shop that a guy was selling and Dang. bought it. So he's got it on his wall, and that thing's like. I might buy pounds. it from him.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty it, cool. Yeah, but yeah but- he's watched
0: Lord of the Rings. He said it's great. I still haven't seen it, but <laughs> Lord of the Rings is the
1: ultimate the odyssey journey. It's, it's mm. just—I mean, think of the Hobbit. Like that, that Bill- wasn't
0: Lewis, right? That was Tolkien.
1: Tolkien, yeah. And okay. just think of like okay, even in the Hobbit, right? Bilbo Baggins was not the same person when he left you know, after he left the Shire from when he, before he left the Shire. He mm-hmm. came back with a new uh, as a new person. And mm-hmm. just think of Sam, right? Sam at the beginning of Lord of the Rings, he was too scared to go talk to the girl. Right, he was just like you know at that yeah, whatever name Cindy or I don't remember. Yeah, he was too too scared to talk to to the girl, and he was like, well, then he goes on this whole journey through Middle Earth where he's going, and it gets to the fires of Mount Doom, and he throws in you know helps Frodo get the ring into Mordor and and all that, and hopefully I'm not spoiling Lord of the Rings. It's been around for over a hundred years, so you know <laughs> um, I don't feel sorry, sorry, not sorry. Um, but then what happens after this long journey? Frodo and Sam and the fellowship and every, like by the end of the Lord of the Rings, right? At the end, he come they come back to the Shire, mm-hmm. and Sam is sitting in the same place and he sees the girl that he was too afraid to talk to. And he's just like, he just gets up all confident <laughs> and goes straight before. And all the other, you know, hobbits they they kind of look look to each other and laugh. But it's like you look at that and you say, Well, of course. I mean, if you went through what he went through, with he's, he's a war veteran now. He's a war veteran, like, and he's just went through all of that stuff, right? Obviously, by the end of that, it's like if he, if he just went through all that he went through and all the hardship to get, you know, Frodo in the ring to Mordor. Obviously, he has the confidence to stand up and talk to this girl. He was too scared. But the thing is, if he wouldn't have went through all of that pain and suffering and hardship and and fear and all that stuff then he wouldn't have been the same guy that would have been mm. strong enough and confident enough to go talk to the girl been, you know mm. from the first hold of the ranks and, and kind so of in she,
0: that's and kind of, I was going to say it's not kind of in that same vein I've been watching the uh, it's an old documentary but it's uh from Discovery Channel uh it's called class 234 uh bud's class 234 and it documents navy seal training all through week 1 through mm. week um however, I think it's 6 or 7 weeks it's a long time but uh it documents their seal training and everything and they show all the guys dropping like flies every day and there's Mm -hmm. like an 80 percent attrition rate or whatever the right word for that is where it's they start with like i don't know 100 guys and like 20 graduate kind of thing Mm -hmm. but it's the same principle where they go in as just kind of regular not confident military guys and then they come out literal navy seals that can take on any challenge
1: yeah. yeah ask any military person uh after they went through b- basic training where are they the same person than yeah. before i mean they're a lot stronger they have a character discipline yeah.
0: i think they would say that their experience is pretty evil but the evil was necessary <laughs> to get them strong
1: to produce yeah to, to produce a greater a, a greater good so going back to that that question uh, is there a point to suffering, right? The suffering that we experience one libertarian free will, secondly, the suffering that produces virtue, soul building, right, the Odyssey. Uh, third uh, third and last is consequences to sin, right there mm-hmm. is there is uh, and, and Peter says this, I think it's the first Peter, second Peter, but it's like, if you are to suffer, let it be for good. Mm-hmm. And I, I just live by I just love that statement because it's like, if I am going to suffer in this life, let it be for good and not mm-hmm. evil. And P- Peter just gives us the same encouragement, right? And, and the idea that um, there, there is suffering and evil in the world, which is a result of human sin, which is the result of your own wrongdoing, right? If you would have mm-hmm. never went to that party, right? If you would have never, um, you know, taken that substance, if you would have never um, said that thing to that person that you shouldn't have said, right? Like you would have avoided a lot of needless pain and suffering. Right, and we can all think of scenarios of things that we did that were wrong, or we made mm-hmm. the wrong choice, and we uh, face the consequences of yeah. that choice. Right, whereas we could have easily avoided a lot of things uh, if if we would not have sinned or mm-hmm. done wrong in that scenario. And so, and most, and a lot of the evil that we experience in the world is moral evil. It's because of uh, people that of sin. Of people doing bad things and the consequences of sin, and uh, and that's where I also wanted to make the distinction between moral evil versus natural evil. And mm. so, moral evil is pretty pretty explanatory, right? Because people get okay, free will, sin, consequences of sin, somebody doing something bad to another person. Therefore, uh, you know, that's that's why, right? That that's why, you know, that that evil exists because of of moral evil, right? But moral evil accounts for a, a lot of the evil and suffering and pain that we experience.
2: Yeah.
1: Uh, a good majority of it, I would even say. And even the consequences, and the reason I say consequences of sin uh, as being a separate point also from libertarian free will, because there's some things that that go on even generationally, right? Mm-hmm. That the, the poor decisions that maybe you made uh, for you and your family to end up, well, maybe you're an alcoholic and you brought your family into poverty. Well, you're child who didn't do that is yeah. suffering because of the consequence of your sin, right? Mm-hmm. It wasn't their libertarian free will and moral evil that, that was, it was because of another person's consequence, yeah. right? And so sin has consequences not just for yourself, but for the world and for others. And so the reason why experience a lot of pain and suffering in the world um, is because of, uh, you know, the third point is human sin and the consequences of sin, right? Mm. Um, you know, like I get you know I don't want to bring this up to to a big point, but like even with diseases, right? Um, people getting lung cancer because they they smoke a lot, or somebody got an STD because they were fooling around. And so mm. I mean the, the the thing is, and some of those things are even passed on, you know? Yeah. And maybe you did it once. they weren't so hereditary
0: before, they became hereditary.
1: Yeah, and so the the problem is that the reason uh, a big reason why we experience evil and suffering in the world is because of consequences of mm. sin right it makes
0: me think of that meme i've seen before it's like well 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 if it isn't the consequences of my own decisions
1: <laughs> <laughs> which is very true and it's sad yeah. um and it, and that's why even the the logical form of the argument from evil doesn't even try to tackle that because it tries, to, <laughs> it, it, it agrees and it understands that yeah uh, so it, it tries to say something like and if i go back to the, the second premise thereof, of uh you know it seems like there are some Unnecessary like things that are not necessary, or that mm. are apparently not, you know, needed. And so, um, we can easily see that that suffering and evil as a result of moral evil, or as a part of some kind of soul building, or greater good, or preventing greater evil, or libertarian free will. We understand that, right? I think the real problem arises of well, what about things that just seemingly we don't understand that that aren't a result of s- human sin or suffering. or or whatnot, things like natural disasters, right? Or or, or diseases. And that's why I wanted to distinguish between moral evil and natural evil. Moral evil is easily explained given theism, Mm -hmm. right? But here's here's the big uh, question is, well, what about natural evil like hurricanes, diseases, yeah. and tornadoes, and like Hurricane Katrina and COVID and all these things? Yeah. And, given if COVID wasn't, you know, <laughs> I was gonna say <laughs> because there's the theories if that person yeah. didn't eat the bat, or if it wasn't made in a lab, or what, you know, some yeah. moral yeah. consequence of somebody doing something stupid, right? Um, right? Right. But but let's just give given that it's just completely a, uh, unnecessary, mm-hmm. uh, seemingly. Uh. Well. W- well. Why? Like, what's the point? Um, and. You know, going back to again the three points: is there a point of suffering, libertarian for will, suffering that produces virtue and the consequence of sin, even if it's uh, if it seems needless. Going back to that second point, there is a, a an aspect of it where it's actually still building character regardless; it's still hmm. building virtue regardless, um, and what that's why you know of course it's allowed. Um, but also a big part of like when I you know responding to the whole natural thing um is that part of it is wisdom as well mm-hmm. and you know the bible says too like my people uh, perish for the lack of knowledge for the lack of sense right mm-hmm. and there's you know as humanity we have to be smart about our decisions of not just not doing the wrong thing but also by preventing you know hardship and, and doing and choosing to do the smarter thing and the, the wiser thing Like, if you have a society that builds their, uh, that finds a volcano and builds their uh, society around a volcano, and then a thousand years later that volcano erupts, people (laughs) say, oh, well, why natural disaster? Uh, You know, where's God? Well, it was, again, you can still chalk that back to human decisions.
2: Yeah. (laughs) Libertarian free
1: will. The world is not perfect, the world is changing, and we live on a planet that has disasters. Um, and here's an interesting point that there's actually, it's the, the earth is much safer in many aspects today than it was many, 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 many years ago. <laughs> like if we would have lived on the planet like a million yeah. years ago, I mean, think dinosaurs, think crazy creatures, think massive level tsunamis and floods, think yeah. like meteors hitting the earth. Think, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I mean the, the earth's history is just filled with non livability. And yeah. we live, we live at a, a time on Earth where we're it's so livable, yeah, and so little natural disasters uh, that the natural disaf- the disasters that we do see, um, much of the suffering can be avoided with wisdom mm. and knowledge, and like okay, don't build your society around an erupting volcano. Mm-hmm. I mean, and some of those things might seem insensitive, but. It, it goes back to the thing where it's like people perish for their lack of, of sense, right? The, the mm. lack of knowledge, right? Um, even with things like dis- diseases, right? It, mm. and if you're not sanitary, right? You're going to be, uh, you know, sub subject to certain diseases, mm. right? If you mess with, you know, um, you know, I think of like the plagues, right? Of yeah. Back then where they're they're rolling in the dirt and you have rats and you have all these scenarios and it's like, it's just a, a yeah. hotbed for disease, where it's like we have knowledge now that okay, we can prevent those things through mm. proper living and sanitation, right?
0: And it's a harder uh, decision to when you live in Florida as it as it pertains to living on the coast. Cause I mean, it's pretty nice living on the coast, but then you gotta realize when those hurricanes come through.
1: It comes with a risk. Right. Yeah. And so humans <laughs> again, humans have free will. This is part of our libertarian mm. free will. And so you take risks that may entail suffering. Mm. And you wouldn't say, Well, why me? Why God? It's when you made the decision to be in a place that let's just say has hurricanes or that has, um, a level of, of risk to it of good and bad. Right. And so that's part of the earth and what it, what it brings, uh, that you, again, it goes back to the free will point that you have the ability to kind of choose your own destiny there. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I don't, there, there isn't any good reason to say why, um, you know, God doesn't exist based on the evil and suffering in the world. It's more of an emotional problem mm-hmm. than it is a, a, our, ability a, 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 it. a and our ability to cope with that. Than it is a logical problem because, like we've shown today, there isn't actually a logical contradiction. And when you kind of mm-hmm. go into the specifics and chalk it up, what is the actual argument against mm-hmm. the existence of God based on evil and suffering? And even the logical formulation that we we said, it still breaks down because of you. You know, even in the second premise, because how do you know? What leads to what when you're not omnipotent, and you can't see the future. And is so, it more of a
0: problem of God not doing what you want, rather than God allowing something bad to happen because He's a bad guy?
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, you
0: gotta think of it a little differently here.
1: Mm-hmm. And so that's uh, the you know that's that with okay, is there a point to suffering? Um, the last thing I wanted to point out was uh, because you know we're Christian. we're not just theists, but we're Christian theists, so kind of bringing this home to Christianity, right? Mm -hmm. Is that Christianity presupposes evil and suffering. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Yeah,
0: It's going to happen.
3: It's not,
1: (laughs) it's not a problem for Christianity. So evil and suffering has never been, Mm. uh, at least the, the theology has never been a problem for Christian theology because the Bible itself presupposes, uh, world you know suffering and, and evil in the world jesus said in this world you will have trouble
0: yeah he didn't and say might
1: he said you will have trouble in mm-hmm. this world like he said the you know good and evil it happens on the just and the unjust the christian worldview presupposes evil and suffering and shows us how to deal with it mm-hmm. right um and going and i actually had here reference romans 5 1 through 6 which i wanted to read <laughs> and funny funny enough uh i believe that was actually a comment Romans 5, 1 through 5. Um, I didn't bring it up because I was actually going to get to it later, but it's good that you (laughs) pointed it out. Um, But I was actually going to read that. And so it says, Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him we have obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand, and we rejoice in hope of the glory of God, not only that but uh, we rejoice in our sufferings. We rejoice in our sufferings? What? So this again is smack is, uh, in the face of hedonism because if you're yeah. presupposing hedonism that um, pleasure is, one, is the same as moral goodness and suffering is the same as moral evil, if you're a hedonist, I mean, th- mm. that's not what the Christian worldview is. Yeah. And so you have to, if you're going to argue against Christian theism and say that God doesn't exist because of evil and suffering, you have to prove why hedonism is true.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And if you if you can't true, prove why hedonism is true, well then it isn't a problem for you know evil and suffering isn't a problem for Christian theism. And it's so, malarkey. And so we, you know, like Paul says, we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame, because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit, who has been given to us. For while we were still weak. At the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. Uh, so, yeah, it, it, it goes back to the second point of, you know, what's the point of suffering? And that's, uh, in Christian theism, that's uh, theodicy. You know, mm-hmm. like it, it produces character, it produces steadfastness, like James says, it produces hope. Um, yeah. And there's so many other verses. I mean, just giving, a, here, I'll give a few examples where the Bible just just presupposes this. Yeah. And and have, sees no contradiction, mm-hmm. you know. First Peter three fourteen. But even if you should suffer for what is right, you are blessed. Do not fear their threats. Do not be frightened. Uh, therefore, you know, for one, First Peter. Therefore, since Christ suffered in his body, arm yourselves also with the same attitude. Because whoever suffers in the body is done with sin. First Peter five ten. And God the in the God of grace of all grace who called you to his eternal uh, glory in Christ after you have suffered a little while will himself restore you and make you strong firm and steadfast again goes back to the second Corinthians 417 for our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all so then if you add a heaven in this scenario then it just completely outweighs any pain and suffering that we already experience mm-hmm. because not only does the argument uh, from evil against theism entail uh or assume hedonism but it also assumes that there is no afterlife because if there is an afterlife of eternal glory then that compared to any evil and suffering we experience in this momentary life like paul says Mm -hmm. is is just not even comparable like it's just far away and therefore it's not even a problem right Mm -hmm. so you'd have to show why it's false right the afterlife is false a Heaven's false, and you'd have to show hedonism as true in order for the problem to able to even touch why it could be a problem or a contradiction with Christian theism. Um, so, I mean, Second Timothy three twelve. In fact, everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. I mean, isn't that a great? <laughs> yeah, that's that's warm <laughs> You're Not going to hear
0: that in a lot of churches nowadays. Yeah, especially, unfortunately, especially a lot of the. The uh, ones on Instagram, and TV, and well-known big churches. <laughs>
1: yeah, and first, I mean, Colossians one twenty-four. Now I rejoice in what I am suffering for you, and I fill up in my flesh what is still lacking in regard to Christ's afflictions, for the sake of His body, which is His church. I mean, Paul suffered more than anybody we even know. Yeah. Like <laughs> Carrie, we he went through him, a lot. You know, shipwrecked a bunch of times, bit by a snake, and beaten, you know, beaten, and every uh, other week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Carry each other's burdens, uh, and in this way you fulfill the law of Christ. I mean, so we're supposed to ask people take on those burdens mm-hmm. as well. Uh, and, and I'm not going to go through them. There's there's a ton here, so I'm just going to kind of end it there. But it, it's just uh, it's just amazing that the Bible presupposes uh, evil and suffering in the world and then gives the solution to it and where to mm-hmm. run to because of that. I mean, it shows in the life of David in the Psalms. You run to it, right? Like, he suffered. And he saw no contradiction with calling God good in the suffering he experienced. But yet he went to God, the mm. good God, for that evil and suffering. Um, oh, yeah, I love this. I mean, Paul. Uh, wait, can I get it up? Oh, there we go. Beaten, robbed, naked, and left for dead. Yeah, multiple. Yep. By his own admission. <laughs> <Wait>.
0: <laughs> yeah, that was pretty
2: rough.
1: Yeah. I wanted to read this. I'm currently <laughs> suffering the consequences of wanting to try a robot wife washing the dishes, and now I have the wisdom I need to not want that ever again. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. Karen, my robot wife
1: yeah well (laughs) and what's funny is in asian countries they're um and well in the west too they actually have robot uh lovers that they're trying now this is a new phenomenon
0: i was gonna bring that up but i just couldn't find a good spot to throw that out i just throw it in a good time (laughs) but
1: there's actually people trying robot wives and robot significant others
0: japan's having a pretty big problem with that right now because they're uh birth rate is seriously declining because a lot of the men aren't wanting to marry. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> per and, per my sources. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Trust me, bro. <laughs> <laughs> because uh, of that problem. Yeah, and it's one of those things where like it it doesn't live a fulfilled life. You and much it's it's much better for you to have again free will relationship mm. than again, it just goes back to what we were just talking about. Like you don't want a robot uh you know you don't want a robot wife. Even if you do, you off. don't. Yeah, even if you do, you don't. The long-term consequences are not worth it. Um, especially if you're already married, like me and, and him. Um, but Seth is single, so all you ladies out there. Yeah.
0: I don't want a robot wife, though.
1: Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> uh, another thing is the the two last points I had. So we experience evil and suffering. We're like, why, you know, evil And the Christian worldview presupposes suffering Mm -hmm. and evil. Um, But one of the interesting thing is, is that God himself suffers. And I want to point out in um, Genesis 6 here, one of our favorite, you know, (laughs) interesting passages. And so the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth. And that every intention of the thoughts of his heart was evil, only evil, continually. And the Lord regretted that he had made man on the earth, and it grieved him to his heart. So the Lord said, "I will blot out man whom I have created from the face of the land, man and animals and creeping things and the birds of heavens, for I am sorry that I have made them." Uh, but uh, and Noah found uh, favor in the eyes of the Lord. Um, and then you have know, the flood narrative. But look at this part. And and he made them on the earth and it grieved him to his heart god does not delight in sin and suffering and it and it causes him like it causes like god grief to see people suffering and being evil and harming mm-hmm. others and killing others and even you know going to hell and like it grieves him to his heart yeah and so god himself if, it, like, and you would think in this scenario of, like, if if pleasure and the lack of grief is identical with moral goodness and perfection, like a hedonist outlook, then why would God create humans that would cause his own heart to be grieved? Yeah. Because if God is morally perfect and humans, and, and, and that's somehow identical with pleasure...
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Then God shouldn't have created humans that Mm -hmm. would do that have free will that could do something wrong that would pain his own heart.
2: Because then
1: why would God cause Himself to suffer? Yeah. If if suffering is if if pleasure is identical with good. And that's why like pleasure and bliss is not identical with moral perfection and goodness. If it was, then, then God then that's impossible for God. Like God experienced suffering, but he's also morally perfect and good which means that those things are not the same thing as well. Mm-hmm. At least the, the Christian theism presupposes that, that, that they aren't identical, That is not a hedonistic outlook. And mm-hmm. so you have God himself that is grieved to his heart because of the actions of humans and the intentions of, of, of humans. Mm-hmm. Um, and then this is great, you know, seen to a much, much, I guess you can see, uh, not greater degree, but I guess you could say greater, but more visible way through Jesus. Yeah. Through Jesus' his life on the cross, the incarnation. God himself came, became a man through the incarnation just like, you know, with Planetica's point at the beginning of the episode. And he suffered and died on the cross, whipped, beaten, tortured for our sins. And that's the gospel. And it's a good way to end on the gospel as well, you know.
2: Yeah.
1: And Jesus understands our pain and suffering. And the thing is all the other religions right you you have okay maybe in the theistic religion you have a perfect God, but what God came down to humans from their pe- pedestal of heaven and blissfulness and pleasure and came out and suffered with us mm-hmm. the worst possible sufferings yeah both spiritual sorrow and physical pain and torture
3: mm-hmm.
1: and took that upon himself and 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 owned it and for our sake and for our healing and for our salvation and for our atonement. And so it's always funny to me because the problem of evil isn't actually a problem for Christianity. It may yeah. be a problem for other theistic outlooks on life. But the Christian God and Jesus, he he, he takes on suffering. It presuppo- The Christian world presupposes evil and suffering and they own up to it. He covers it. He takes it mm-hmm. on. And he he just experiences that with us, and he understands us in our in our pain and suffering. And then he he takes us to elevate us to his level to, to, yeah. to experience that life of, of blissful pleasure in heaven with him, right? Like to mm-hmm. to bring that to where there is no no tear anymore. You know, like Revelation is like wept every tear from our eye, and and we're, we're there in, in in that that in that later state. But in order for to bring us from our world there, he had to come down from his world to our world and suffer. And so Mm -hmm. he experienced that pain and suffering for us to be able to experience a life with, without such a thing. Um, And I mean, that's the gospel and it's, it's beautiful. And it's like, Jesus sees our pain and suffering and we say, okay, why God? Why me? Why my pain and suffering? And it's like, well, maybe there isn't a, an answer we can give to every single instance god knows and god has an answer of course and he can see the butterfly effect at the end uh, but he meets us in that suffering and he's he understands it because he himself came down and suffered and so we don't have a god that didn't suffer we have a god that did suffer at the hands of again our own moral choices mm-hmm. he didn't have to die but we killed him i mean peter says like we killed them we crucified christ yeah. And so it goes back to that point of, is there a p- point of suffering? The one, because of free will, because of uh, the consequences of sin and, you know, for building character and virtue. And so, you know, is a redeemed state better than a naive state? I would yeah. say yes. And so be- because we have went through it and then became redeemed mm-hmm. with a God who understands there's pain and suffering, that that is better than if we would have never experienced any pain and suffering at all. Um, that that we can now not look back and and we're stronger. We we can never, uh, we don't have to sin anymore because we also know that we know the end result of it. You know, we mm-hmm. know the consequences of sin. Um, and so I, I think through all of these answers today, I think that can help answer tackle some of the that question of the problem of evil. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, Seth, did know you know
0: but yeah i was gonna say if you the other thing was like we had mentioned earlier if you do have a relationship with god too that gives you a bit of an advantage to help deal with that evil in the world because like we said He it's an answer help. it's a solution yeah he can help prevent some of that and help you uh maybe not prevent it but navigate around it mm. and um you, you have an advantage that people that don't have a relationship with god uh they don't have mm. and it's uh, not to be mean, but, I mean, they have just as much of an opportunity to um, have that relationship as you do. And sometimes they don't know about it, which is why we got to tell them. And other times they willingly refuse it. And so, you yeah, know, that's, yeah. that's on them. But, and
1: what other option do you have? It's like yeah. either way you're going to have pain and suffering in this world. And Jesus yeah. says that in this world you'll have trouble and, you know, mm-hmm. the good things happen to bad and good people. Mm-hmm. And it's like... The, when you have uh, the Holy
0: Spirit, sometimes he can you know, when you have that relationship with God and you have the Holy spirit factor in your life, he can tell you, you know, don't go to that place tonight or don't drive down this street or take an alternate route today or something like that. He can kind of help you avoid certain things sometimes. Sometimes it's just small minor inconveniences where you get to work quick because you avoided an accident that you didn't know happened, or it could be you avoided some kind of catastrophic, possibly deadly instance. Which, you know, we've had a lot of those experiences, me and Chandler, where you know, we've uh near death experiences or potentially life ending experiences that we've um been able to avoid because of, you know, mm-hmm. divine intervention. So it's uh definitely encourage if you're listening and you you know don't have that relationship, but definitely encourage you to consider it and definitely uh you know, give God a chance, so to speak. Yeah, to deal uh,
1: to you know comfort yeah. you in that and to deal with that evil and suffering that you experience. Because again, what's the alternative is that yeah. there either is no point to it mm-hmm. or you don't have an answer to it. You yeah. don't have a solution to the pain and suffering you experience. But again, the Christian worldview accounts for why mm-hmm. that there is a point to suffering and evil and that it is compatible with God being perfectly good and, mm-hmm. and, and powerful and that he can prevent some evil, but then he also can, comfort you in that and, and Mm -hmm. be in, like he said, give you his peace In this world, Mm -hmm. you have trouble, but you know, he's overcome the world. (laughs) Yeah, Like he's, he can give you that peace Mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, not, you know, this, this isn't a sermon, but I hope you could, you guys could easily see the application there from this is that, you know, not only is, uh, is evil not a problem for theism, but it's Mm -hmm. actually a proof for Christianity because it's like, well, what are you going to do with evil? Like there's a solution in Christianity that isn't offered by other worldviews, and mm-hmm. on top of that, you can't have evil without good, without knowing what good is. It's mm-hmm. like cancer. It's like you can have a body without cancer, but you can't have cancer without a body. So if there's mm-hmm. evil, that that means that there's good, and if mm-hmm. there's good, why is there good? That means that has to be a God.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And so that's that's the you know that's the point. It's like you can't have evil without good, and you can't have good without God. Mm-hmm. Um, And so it goes hand in hand. So if you see evil, it's actually proof of good, which again is proof for for God. So it's actually the opposite, where evil and suffering in the world presupposes a Christian worldview. Mm. Um,
0: And if you, uh, like I was saying, if you've never given God that chance, or if you uh, are considering that, and you've, you know, something about today's episode or argument has kind of opened your eyes to a new worldview, whatever, you know, let us know in the comments. Message us if you have any questions, but um, hopefully, it'll you know encourage you to think of suffering and pain and evil a little bit differently, and hopefully give you some hope. Um, I mean, not that we're saying that it'll all go away, but it'll just be uh, um, a better way to go through it, and uh, yeah, kind of an easier, maybe not easier, but a more um, fulfilling path through it. I guess <clears throat> you could. I I don't know if fulfilling's the right word, but um, it's the if you're going to go through it you might as well pick the best way to go through it and you know we would say that this is the best way to go through it is um you know through having that relationship and you know believing god and trusting god through the, mm-hmm. the pain and the evil and all that stuff so it's yeah. not the the evil being present is not god being a bad guy <laughs> mm-hmm. and that you can uh he can help you through it
1: yeah and Um we're, we're kind of a little bit over where we, we usually want to try to get within an hour, an hour and a half. But um, since this is the last thing I wanted to address real quick, one of the things we didn't get to is the idea of animal suffering. Mm-hmm. Um, and here's like, I saw a baby bird eat, being eaten alive by ants once. Why would God allow this suffering? And so again, that part of this um, is, there's the distastefulness or the emotional mm-hmm. side of it where it's like, you see something that is distasteful and it's like, it causes a, a that question or emotional response. But then mm-hmm. again, putting all of the emotion aside of like, logically, is there an inconsistency between that bird being eaten? Uh, mm-hmm. And that, uh and God existing or being good. And again, I don't think there's any way to actually show that that's not, like that's the case to where there is a contradiction, like we've said mm-hmm. today. there There isn't actually a contradiction. Mm-hmm. Um, and even part of this, you know, answer is like, Well, from the ant's perspective, it's a source of sustenance, it's good. <laughs> so, really, it's not yeah. a problem for the ant, it's a problem for the bird. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, you know, the bird, yeah. if it's it's if it can experience consciously, um, mm-hmm. the same way that we do, I mean, that there's a level, there's a different level there of, of experience of us mm-hmm. and, and animals, um, but. If if that's the cycle of life, right, where mm-hmm. animals live and die um, mm-hmm. in the wild, right, that that is, uh, you know, that's that's part of the cycle of uh, of life. And, and you would say, well, if if something didn't die, then what about the decomposing, uh, you know, a creature, you know, creatures like vultures? Well, if there's nothing dead, then what what do vultures eat? <laughs> you know, what does the answer? And yeah. so there's there's a you know we all know the science. There's a cycle of life, and so God created. Mm-hmm. One for the other, like in the Psalms, David. David didn't see a problem with this because it's like uh, God, you know, created the lion and the prey. Mm-hmm. And uh, if God is, you know, if David is glorifying the fact that God made the prey for the lion, it's like mm-hmm. well, th- clearly David didn't see a contradiction with, uh, you know, the cycle yeah. of life in 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 the wild.
0: And if you still don't believe us, watch Lion King. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's true too yeah um, but yeah I mean we're willing to this we didn't have a chance to really touch on animal suffering there are some videos some good videos on touching on animal suffering mm-hmm. um, I think there was one by the YouTube channel deflate which is good uh, that you guys can can go to um, it's a Christian apologetics channel on you know I was touching on that thing of animal suffering but um, we're, we're kind of late on the episode remember uh well first of all thanks for joining us today on this topic i think that was you know this was uh you know a good time we can talk about you know one of the the tougher questions of christianity that you know people deal with is like okay if god why suffering and evil Mm -hmm. um but also um we just love doing this anyway so it's great thanks for for joining us but big big thing is next week we will not have a normal episode so next week um next tuesday again uh, i will be in peru Mm-hmm. um, you know I maybe I'll take a little video at Machu Picchu or something <laughs> you know yeah uh maybe like That'd be cool like you did at Disney with like a little devotional mm-hmm. thing so um if you're you know if you're expecting uh you know a regular episode next week uh just wait till the following week yeah um so
0: next week could be more. Uh, low key, more yeah, joy. just a little. <laughs> not an official episode, devotional.
1: yeah, a little, not an official <laughs> episode, maybe a little devotional thing, but uh, mm-hmm. and then we'll pick it right back up during you know with this natural theology series that we're doing, and uh, yeah, we're excited to 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 continue. So. And of
0: course, as we close out, we have to—I forgot it last week, but we got to do the uh, you know the benediction slash doxology mm-hmm. from Jude. So yeah, it's always <laughs> I, good. I realized that like a little while after we ended the episode, I was like. Oh, man, I forgot to do that.
1: Well, it was an interview, too. It wasn't (laughs) a regular regular thing. So,
0: So, uh, like I said, thank you guys for listening. And uh, with that, we'll leave you with uh, Jude 24 through 25. Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you blameless before the presence of his glory with great joy, to the only God, our Savior, through Jesus Christ, our Lord, be glory, majesty, dominion, and authority before all time, now, and forever. Amen.
1: Amen.